All right, we're live. Welcome, everybody. Uh, you know, I am so sorry for the late start here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit this intro. We're going to get things rocking and rolling. We'll go ahead. I'll, I'll let you all know what's going on as soon as we get back from the intro video. So tune in. This is going to be fun. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Tuesday. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, you already know that we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three opportunities every week for you to ask questions. So if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, slide into my DMs, let me know, or leave a comment while we are recording live. Follow us on all social medias at Practicing Polyay, that side right there. And as always, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect, and we're here to share our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves, and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, share your imperfect story too. Okay, sorry for all of that. I'm falling all over the place, falling over, tripping all over my words. Hello, Robert. Thank you so much for hanging out with me yet again. Uh, so... Normally, we're here 2.30. It's almost 3 o'clock today. My poor guest uh, was in the uh, waiting room, and I got there. You know, we got there before 2.30. It was, you know, about five minutes prior to 2.30, and I couldn't hear Zem. Zem. Haha. Um we had a, we had a nice little conversation about about pronouns uh, before we jumped in, but anyway, um, so I couldn't hear our guest, and uh, Z jumped out. Z jumped out uh, and like switched the laptop and and did all kinds of different things. I mean, we're sitting here fighting to try and get this show rocking and rolling, but unfortunately, technical difficulties have uh, stopped us from being able to have. An incredible guest. I was really looking forward to chatting with our guest. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. We, no guest today. It's just me. So I'm going to jump in and uh, let me see. What was my show topic that I was going to pick? Oh, yeah. Adjusting to living alone slash solo poly. So this is another one of these off-the-cuff episodes. I'm just going to roll with it and see how far I get. I did zero prep because I literally thought my guest was going to be here. But, um, you know, living alone. And now I guess, uh, you know, okay, so let's jump into this. Let, let, let's talk about some different types of uh, polyamory, I guess. So, I mean, we've got our, our standard everyday, you know, our standard everyday. Yeah, like, like that's a thing. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, I would say that um, a lot of people, uh, I don't know if this is the majority. I don't have statistics on on this or anything like that. But I would say that a lot of people enter polyamory uh, generally as part of an existing, pre-existing couple. So uh, most of the people that I've met, this is my personal experience. 
your mileage may vary, as they say, uh, but <laughs> most of the people that I have met that are polyamorous today um, were part of an established couple. And so a lot of the conversations for newly polyamorous folks revolves around you know, oftentimes doing things like decoupling or, uh, you know, not necessarily decoupling like breaking up, but um, detangling their lives from one another enough so that each individual in the couple is their own autonomous person and can uh, create, develop, uh, nurture relationships on their own. Uh, it's part of the reason why, uh, in my experience, people tend to look down on, or not look down, but you know, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll use that. Look down on things like hierarchies uh, and couples privilege and, you know, these types of things. It, it can be often considered uh, toxic behaviors. Uh, especially when that couple's privilege, which I've talked about in my in my own experience, leads to not treating the other person, the the, the newer person, uh, as a whole entire human being that deserves love, respect, and you know, courtesy and consideration and all of these things. So, um, so again, in my experience, most of the people that I've met who are polyamorous today, generally tend to come from a couple already. Some people that I've met, especially on the podcast, uh, are what we call solo poly, right? Uh, solo polyamorists. And these types of folks are the types who do not live with any partners, do not mingle finances with any partners. They are 100% on their own. You know, if, if they weren't polyamorous, I believe that a lot of solo poly folks would most likely just be viewed as single and dating around that type of thing. Right. But being solo poly is different from being single and dating around uh, in the sense that as a solo polyamorist, uh, we would be open and honest about our various relationships. A lot of people who are single and dating around maybe don't tell the other people that they're dating about their other relationships or that that there are any other relationships. Uh, maybe they're, you know in the not serious phase. And so they just see multiple people all over the place, but nobody knows about anything else that's going on. Um, and again, this is my opinion. Feel free to contradict me. Feel free to drop a comment in here. If you, uh, if you have a differing opinion, um, comment while we're live. Um, yeah, yeah, that one's good. That one's good. What do you think? Leave a comment. Uh, <laughs> so, um, solo poly folks will be more likely to tell their various partners about their dating preferences and about their, uh, dating habits and the other people that they're seeing and all these different things. And again, solo polyamorous typically will not be, uh, cohabitating or sharing finances with, uh, with any other partners. This is not always the case. In fact, my partner, 
uh, Amuda is considers herself. She identifies as solo poly, but she does have uh, partners that she lives with a partner that she's married to that she's lived with for a very long time uh and their finances are you know mingled they're 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 you know in in a lot of ways joint finances uh it's all about to change but uh you know whatever anyway so so again it's not always the case this isn't you know this is one of those things what do they say uh polyamorists are not a monolith right so in saying this, these things that I'm saying, I'm not speaking for everyone. Everyone's experiences are going to be a little bit different, but these are just kind of generalizations from the things that I've read, seen, heard, etc. cetera. So um, what am I saying here? Okay, so solely, solo poly folks are not going to live with their partners. They're not going to mingle finances. For myself, I had a seven-year marriage uh, that ended just in uh april just before our seventh anniversary um and she moved out vanessa moved out and uh you know i have been living alone now since april so april may june july august five months five months that i've been uh living on my own uh not the first time that I've lived on my own. I've, I've talked about this in uh, previous episodes. Uh, Vanessa and I split up. We had a three-month separation where I lived on my own. That was not a good time at all. That was a really, really uh, sad and depressing uh, situation for me. Uh, lots of drinking, lots of drowning my sorrows, uh, you know, whatever. We got back together, and then we separated again not too long after that, and this time it was a year-long separation. Um, the difference I think between then and now is during that year long separation, there was always a, a hope and even an effort to try and figure things out so that we could be together again. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of growth that I definitely had to do. Uh, I would say there was a lot of growth that we both had to do during that time uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, and one of the things at that time that I really embraced was figuring out who I am, figuring out who James is and the things that I like to do. Uh, it was during that year, it was 2018, it was during that year from 2018, 2019, uh, that I discovered how much I love karaoke. Um, I made a friend in the apartment building that I was living in, and she and I were uh, living in, it was in downtown San Diego, or really close to downtown San Diego. And so we were, uh, you know, walking around, just checking things out one night, and we ran into this bar where there was karaoke happening, uh, and the host uh, Alex, who did the voiceover for the intro of this video, follow him on Instagram, Alexito de la Voz. Um, Alex was the host of karaoke uh, on Tuesday nights over there at the Imperial Steakhouse. And uh, the very first night that I went over there, I mean, he is super talented. Uh, the people that were there were all super talented. Um, Jonathan, Cassandra, Angela, of course, um, and uh, Dan, Chris, a bunch of people that that uh, were just happened to be there that night. And 
man, I just remember, oh, there was another James there too. Uh, I, I just remember having so much fun. And that was, you know, one of those things that I realized I love karaoke. Karaoke is my jam. And so uh, living there for uh, that year, I would walk up to uh, that bar on Tuesdays. And then when that, sh- when that bar shut down or when that, when that location shut down the karaoke, I, you know, met the crew uh, a mile up the road uh, in Hillcrest and still, you know, continued doing karaoke. I miss karaoke. Haven't been there in, in, in a minute anyway. So now differences. I back then had to figure out who I was and what I liked. You know, I uh, remember writing down a bunch of different hobbies, a bunch of different things that I wanted to try and do. Uh, That was also when I discovered that I love birding. I love, uh, I I happened to find some binoculars in the park down the street and I found these binoculars on the ground. I picked them up and here comes a bird and I'm looking at this bird and I'm just blown away at how beautiful it is. And so I start picking up and developing all of these different hobbies and that was part of my growth at that time. That was part of um, part of what I had to learn in order in order to be whole in myself. I think that that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned during that year is really that I am a whole person by myself. Um, and as much as I love Vanessa and, you know, and, and, and wanted her at the time to come back and, 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 you know, be together again and all of that. Um, I still learned and recognized my own wholeness during that year, during that time. Uh, let's see. I've got a comment here. Just curious what my favorite song is to sing at karaoke. Oh, my go-to is, um, uh, what's it called? Drops of Jupiter by Train. Thanks for that question. I love it. <laughs> That's my go-to. But generally speaking, I'm singing country songs. Um, anyway, all right. So here we are now. That was, uh, you know, 2018 to 2019. Here we are now. It's 2021, a couple of years later. Uh, and once again, I find myself in a situation where I'm living alone. Um, but the difference this time is... Vanessa found <laughs> just found her love. Um, she she is with someone now who you know I'm I'm really happy for her that she is uh, with this particular person um, because it's it it was a long time in the making um, and she does not see herself uh going back to polyamory she she sees that that's going to be a monogamous relationship and you know great awesome i i don't want to speak for her but that's you know what what she uh, has mentioned to me in the past um and so there's no there's no longer that hope or drive or you know, intention of trying to figure things out and get back together anymore. Um, We are happy as close friends, as people who love each other very much, um, but are not going to pursue any kind of, you know, romantic relationship anymore. So I'm at this place now where 
I'm living on my own and I don't foresee that changing anytime in the near future. Uh, Muda's got her thing going on. She, if the next time that she moves, she just moved recently. Uh, the next time that she moves, it's going to be into her own place and she's going to live alone for a while and, and see what that's like. So living alone has been uh, challenging in some ways. One of my biggest fears when uh, when Vanessa moved out was that I would go back to, I would revert to <laughs> what I was back in my Navy days uh, and I would survive on fast food and cereal. Um, luckily, I, I got taught the secret. If anybody out there is like a terrible cook and you need a, a little secret, uh, when it comes to vegetables, put some olive oil, throw those veggies in, like your assortment of veggies, salt and pepper, like salt, pepper, olive oil. That's it. And that was like mind-blowing, just like, oh, oh my gosh, I can all of a sudden nourish myself. This is great. I learned to make curry. I learned to make stir fry. Uh, you know, I can cook some chicken. Amuda and I have been cooking together. So I'm like trying new recipes and like doing things. So yes, surviving, surviving without relying on fast food and cereal all the time. Don't get me wrong. I love my cereal. I eat cereal all the time, but, uh, but it's not my survival food. Like I was afraid that it would be. Um, but one thing that hasn't changed one thing that i think is is kind of odd and weird and funny um my office this this space that that you all can barely see the background of um it is the smaller of two bedrooms in our condo this was the spot that i picked because Right over there, y'all can't see it. It's obviously off screen, but there's this nice window where I can see the, the courtyard of our complex. It's, you know, green lawn, green trees. I can bird watch from my window. Uh, you know, I this was why I chose this room. The larger room, the larger, the master bedroom is where Vanessa slept. And it's still virtually empty. She left her bed behind because she moved back home and she didn't need it. So there's a bed in there and, and the bed is made and it has a private bath and a walk-in closet and a, another second like large, you know, sliding door closet. It's got a lot of space. But I, 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 I can't bring myself to move into that. Actually, I was thinking about it last night. I slept in there for the first time ever not ever but for the first time since before Vanessa left uh I slept in there last night and I'm not entirely sure what it is about that uh about this 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 room that and and moving things over there it's like I'm not waiting for her to come back or anything like that it's just like I'm I'm perfectly happy with my tiny little space I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist I guess and so it's just funny to have this uh, other space that that isn't being used um, the pandemic has been a bit of a obstacle in um, 
in, you know, me doing things that I love to do, like karaoke, for example. Um, karaoke was shut down. I mean, bars, everything was shut down during the pandemic. There was none of that stuff going on. So for a long time, whether I wanted to go to karaoke or not, it just wasn't happening. When it finally did open up, um, between between the the the, the venue and the venue changed uh, their karaoke night from Thursdays to Wednesdays, first of all, and uh, it's further away from me. It's it's not a mile walk up the road anymore. It's across town now. I actually have to drive or ride specifically right my harley uh or get an uber or something along those lines to get out there so you know it's it's a little bit more limiting because ubers are expensive if i'm trying to go every week it's like 20 bucks to get there and 20 bucks to get back if you know i catch it at a good time and it's not you know the 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 super high price range otherwise you know it goes from 20 to 30 40 yeah that adds up to be a really expensive night if i'm trying to do all that uh, so so it becomes a little bit more restrictive. And the area that I'm in now, I'm no longer in downtown. I'm in, you know, Bonita, which is suburbia, basically. So there's not like a ton of bars or nightlife or, you know, anything like that. You know, if if I want to do anything at night now, I have to drive places, whereas where I was living before, I had like all the nightlife and everything that I could hope for within walking distance everywhere. So um, finding hobbies is especially well, night nighttime hobbies has been a little bit of a challenge now that I'm living at home and living on my own. Um, I think that that's one of the one of the things that I've had to that I've that I've struggled a little bit with that I've had to come to terms with is, you know, I am going to spend more nights uh, watching TV, you know, binging shows that I like, watching Marvel, watching Star Wars cartoons, you know, whatever. Or if I can ever get myself to do it, picking up a good book, right? Oh, I, I, I wish I was a better reader than I am, but it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, there's a bunch of different things that um, I have to find my own way and it's been a little bit more of a struggle you're right nate thank you so much i know you're right uh downtown chula vista third avenue um definitely an option um but i have to find my my way to you know being alone and and loneliness fyi i've talked about this before loneliness was like my biggest demon man when i was uh younger and especially like uh later um e even in, in, into into my adulthood like before before meeting vanessa before discovering polyamory all this stuff like loneliness was was a killer for me um there were a lot of nights that i was just depressed and sad and you know uh the hardest thing for me was turning down the lights and like crawling into bed and being alone. Like I hated it so much. And so uh, that first year when I was on my own, uh, that, that Vanessa and I were split up that first year, um, I came to terms with that a lot for myself. And 
uh, I didn't struggle with it nearly as much. I mean, it helped that, you know, Vanessa and I were still seeing each other occasionally and I had other um, quote unquote partners, um, friends with benefits, other thing, other, other people that I would see occasionally, um, you know, other things going on was what I was about to say. Uh, so, so that loneliness wasn't always there. It wasn't as, as hard or as prevalent. Um, but you know, uh, even now I'm not struggling with that quite as much. Um, partly probably because I do have, uh, this other partner in, in Amuda and, and, uh, this other person that I'm talking to and, you know, other people that I, that I can reach out to. I think one of the biggest things that I, that I learned during that first year and, and that I'm uh, leaning on again now is finding my support network and reaching my support network. Um, Robbie, thank you for this one. Uh, I mentioned get a, getting a hobby. That's the best thing I ever did and how I make it through 100% absolutely right. Um, you know, these, the two hobbies that I mentioned, uh, of karaoke and birding, you know, those were, those were great hobbies that helped me during that first year. Karaoke has been a little bit more of a challenge now. Uh, and you know, over these past five months, um, it's been I'm trying to think. I mean, I, 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 I'm getting into, um, into role-playing games now. That's, that's a new one. Um, but you know, a lot of it really has been just, just finding things that, uh, excite me, finding things that, uh, can take my time, um, doing a lot of running, doing a lot of hiking. Hiking has been huge. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is just pandemic talking, um, but hiking has become a huge part of my life uh, and running too. Uh, I'm training for a marathon. All right. Fingers crossed. If I, if I get to 20 miles, uh, then I will sign up for this uh, marathon in October and, you know, just doing different things, finding different ways. I think that that's probably the biggest thing, um, you know, solo polyamory is a lot about finding my autonomy has been a lot about finding my autonomy i'm not i'm not 100% sure that i identify necessarily as solo poly um there's a part of me that kind that that, that wants to have a nesting partner again there's a part of me that that enjoys having someone around you know, basically all the time. I just enjoy company. But there's also another part of me that's like, nah, I'm, I'm pretty good on my own, actually. I'm pretty happy with being able to walk around my house naked and, you know, not worrying about who's here, who's not. You know, I, I, I like um, not asking, you know, hey, what's going on tonight? What are we doing? You know, and just relying on myself to and my calendar, of course, to know what's happening and 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 what's what's what, you know, um, when it comes to things like dinner, right? Um, I didn't cook before because somebody was always prepping dinner for me. Now I have to do dinner for myself. I have to clean the house for myself. Um, hell yeah, you did try and 
get me into D&D 20 years ago. And literally 20 years ago was the last time that I picked up any role-playing things up until like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And it was great. So fun. Anyway, I'm picking it up again. I'm picking it up again. Um, but yeah, so so being solo poly, you know, in the moment right now feels right, feels good. Um, I struggle with the idea of living with anybody again. Uh, part of the reason why is because my own hopes and dreams, my own aspirations, um, I want to live in a van again. I want to hit the road and be, you know, traveling the country in, in my RV with, you know, with my Katie girl with my dog uh, and, you know, hiking everywhere and just seeing the country and doing all of the national parks and, you know, all of the things that, that uh, I meant to do back in 2017 with uh, Vanessa and her sister, uh, all of those, all the things that we meant to do, I want, I still want to do, like I'm still driven for that. And it's hard to imagine first of all, that anybody would want to come with me. <laughs> Secondly, that the circumstances would be right and we would be able to tolerate being around each other for that long because, man, that's 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 tough, uh, you know, to, to live in such close quarters all the time. Uh, and, you know, you really, really, really got to get along with the people that uh, you're traveling with if, if you're doing something like that, I'm sure. So, you know, all of these different things kind of put me in a place where I'm like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't exactly know uh, what's next as far as anybody living with me. I, I, I don't foresee it happening anytime soon. Uh, if it does, I, I'm never say never. I learned that one, never say never. So it's a possibility it could happen again at some point. Uh, but right now, you know, it's it's been fun. It's been nice to um, to be on my own and to be able to, I guess, uh, in a lot of ways, there's there's still healing that's happening. You know, even uh, as recently as as last night, you know, last night, uh, admittedly, was kind of a rough one. Um, feeling that loneliness, feeling that that emptiness. Uh, and that's that's why. I ended up sleeping in that room last night. Um, but, you know, we all, when we go through breakups, when we go through um, through times in life where, where we're living on our own, you know, it can be tough for a lot of different reasons. But um, I think, like we're talking about here, like Robbie was saying, uh, like I've discovered, it's really about finding things that make us happy. It's about finding the things that make me happy. That's that has been the biggest uh, part of my journey is discovering who I am without relying, without you know, placing any part of my identity on my partners. Who is me? Who is this guy? you know, that you see on your screen uh, that I look at in the mirror, who is that person and what does that person want for themselves? And taking the time not just to discover what that is, but making, making the time, putting forth the effort to go after those things. 
So, all right, that is uh, all I've got for everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you all for the comments. Uh, really appreciate all of you. Um, too bad that my guest's uh, internet and computer wasn't working out. Hopefully we can get uh, Zim back another time. Would really love to uh, chat with Zim again. So uh, until next time, which is tomorrow, 2.30, hopefully we'll be on time. Until then. Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing polya. Hit it too early. Oh, well. Uh... Into the thing now. <laughs>